May the words that I speak in the meditation of our hearts and minds be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength, our Redeemer. Amen. God's peace to you, friends. Some of you have met my father. He was here about a year and a half ago uh, making a presentation about the Reformation. Some of you know that my dad is a retired Lutheran pastor. What you may not know about my dad is that his side hobby has to do with growing fruit in his yard. And I don't mean just a few trees. Over the years, my dad has sustained anywhere from 30 to 35 different fruit trees on his property. That includes, currently, a couple of different kinds of oranges, lemons, limes, apples, peaches, several different types of plums, I'm just getting started, apricots, nectarines, tangerines, tangelos, pomegranates, figs, avocados, persimmons, kumquats, I'm really not kidding you, this is true, two different types of bananas, and in addition to his trees, he grows strawberries, blackberries, raspberries, tomatoes, peppers, just about anything that he can get to grow in Southern California. He orders things from around the world just to see if they'll grow in Southern California. So you can well imagine that growing up, we did a lot of canning of fruit in our house, My dad even built a fruit-drying machine out of an old wash machine casing so he could dry fruit. And his favorite thing to do is to dry apricots. And, of course, we love to get the shipment every year of a big bag of dried apricots. You pay about $3.50 for a tiny little bag of those in the grocery store. So, yes... Growing up, my dad was the produce man. You know, you go to the grocery store and you meet the produce man, and I think, you don't know the produce man. (laughs) But one thing my dad never grew, and I'm not sure why, I should ask him sometime, he never grew grapes. Never grew grapes. I kind of wish maybe he would have. You know, we, we could have had homemade grape jelly and jam and pancake syrup. We could have dried our own raisins and... And of course, wine. But no, he never, he never grew grapes. Our yard looked more like an orchard than a vineyard. In today's gospel reading from John 15, Jesus uses an illustration from the vineyard. The vineyard. Maybe you've traveled to wine country, maybe up to Napa Valley, California, or Temecula Valley, California, or maybe even to France or Italy, to the, the great uh, wine-growing areas of Europe. Jesus uses an illustration from a vineyard in our gospel lesson today. And, you know, he often used illustrations from nature, and particularly from agriculture. And he did that to teach some spiritual truth, some truth about the kingdom of God, some truth about what it means to be a follower of his. Often he would, of course, tell parables. A parable is, has been described as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And although our text tonight is not a parable, it is an earthly illustration with a heavenly or spiritual meaning. 
Take a look again at the photo of this vineyard. What do you see in that picture? You've got the vines coming up out of the ground, and then their branches extended off horizontally, and the vine grower has attached the branches to a wire so they'll stay extended, and so they'll have some added strength when the grape clusters begin to grow. This is early in the growing season in this particular vineyard. As I read verse 5 of John 15 again, I want you to ask yourself, what is Jesus trying to teach us? In light of the vineyard, where we recognize that each one of those vines draws nutrients up from the earth, the nutrients come up through the vine, out into the branches, and the branches then are able to produce grapes. With that in mind, ask yourself, what is Jesus saying here? I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As we hear those words of Jesus, some key things stand out, don't they? First of all, it seems pretty obvious that Jesus wants us to be spiritually fruitful and productive. He wants us to be the produce man, the produce woman, the produce boy or girl, spiritually speaking. He wants us to bear fruit for him. In verse 8 of the same text, he said, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus wants us, first of all, to be spiritually productive. We'll talk about what it means to bear fruit in just a few moments. Now, I have to say, I am not the gardener that my father is, not even close. But I did learn a few things about fruit trees growing up as a kid. One is that if a branch breaks off of the tree, that branch won't produce any fruit. If a high wind snaps a branch off one of my dad's trees, that branch isn't going to produce any fruit. And if a certain young boy climbs up into a fruit tree onto a kind of small limb and it snaps off, A, his dad's not going to be too happy with him, and B, that branch is not going to grow any fruit. And it's, it has to be thrown away. Yeah, I learned that lesson. Likewise, from Jesus' words, we see that in order for us to bear spiritual fruit, we, who he calls the branches, need to stay connected to the vine, to Jesus. How did he say it again? I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If one remains in me, Jesus says, that's in the present tense, and in the New Testament Greek language, the present tense indicates a continuing action continuing to remain in Jesus. In other words, keep on staying connected to Jesus and you'll bear much fruit. Well, how do we do that? How do we continuously stay connected to Jesus the vine? Well, maybe we need to ask, where does Jesus nurture us? 
If he's the vine and we're the branches and the nutrition comes through him into us, where is it that he nurtures us? He nurtures us first, friends, in the word. We need to remain connected to Jesus by regularly being in the word of God, setting some time aside each day, even if it's just to read a short portion, to say, Holy Spirit, help me to understand what I'm about to read, for you are the teacher, and then read it and ponder its meaning for your life. If we do that each day, we sense the nutrition of Jesus flowing through our branch life, and fruit is produced. It's produced because the main message in this book is a life-giving message. It's a message about a Savior who willingly gave his life for you and me, who lovingly allowed himself to be crucified in our place, who took the punishment I certainly deserve, we all deserved. And he did that out of love that we might be forgiven and that we might have that assurance of eternal life, and that we might have an abundant life now, a life that produces the fruit that he desires to see in us. He nurtures us in his word. He nurtures us in the sacraments. As we remind ourselves every day, I'm a baptized child of God. Each day as I confess my sins and then remind myself that I'm baptized, I'm reminded that I'm washed clean in my Savior Jesus who claimed me as his own in my baptism. I need to do that every day because I sin every day. And then every time Holy Communion is offered, we have an opportunity to be nourished by the vine in the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Jesus that forgives our sins and assures us of that grace of His, that strengthens us to live the abundant, fruitful life. Where where does Jesus nurture us? He nurtures us right here in worship. Friends, we need to be regular in our worship life. It needs to be a part of our, our regular habit, if you will, a good habit. And I know in a certain sense I'm kind of preaching to the choir here because you people who come out to worship on Wednesday nights are kind of our hardcore worshipers, you know. But it's a sad reality that we're observing that many of our own church members come to worship once a month, maybe twice a month. Whatever your pattern is, let me, let me just encourage you, exhort you, challenge you. If you're worshiping once a month, try to come twice a month at least. If you're coming twice, come three times a month. And if you're coming three times, challenge yourself to try to come every Sunday unless you're sick. Worship is where God feeds us. And worship is where we can respond back to His grace with our praise and our prayers, our thanksgivings. Worship is where we're strengthened by one another. How are we nourished? We're nourished as we not only hear God's word, but as we engage in prayer on a daily basis. I want to encourage you to go deeper in your prayer life. If God's word is God talking to us, prayer is us talking to him. And in this holy conversation, we're breathing in his words and we're breathing out ours. And that kind of holy breathing is spiritually nurturing. And we need that nurturing every day. How often do you pray? Take quiet time with God. Where does Jesus nurture us? He nurtures us 
in the Christian fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ gathering, not only in worship, but in Bible study, in prayer time, and and in just in social time together as we help each other deal with the realities of life from a Christian perspective. We need each other. The loving Christian fellowship of being together as brothers and sisters. These are the ways, friends, that Jesus the vine nurtures us, the branches, so we can produce fruit. And as we stay connected to Jesus, God the Holy Spirit can then produce the fruit that he wants to see in our lives. St. Paul calls this fruit the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And, and you, you see this up on the screen. I'd like us to read this all together. Now, it kind of reads left to right, okay? So it starts off by saying, the fruit of the Spirit is. All right, let's read this together. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are nine of the things that God would like to see produced in and through us as He Himself nurtures us with His grace. Let's just think for, for a moment what that fruit might look like in your life. Love. Selflessly doing something to benefit someone else for their sake. What, that, what might that look like in your life tomorrow? Joy, celebrating even in the tough times, knowing that God truly has everything under control no matter what. Rejoice in all circumstances. What would that look like for you tomorrow, next week? Peace, resting in God's gracious love, knowing that nothing can take that away. What does that look like? Patience, waiting on God's timing for things and being gracious to others in the same way. What would any of those others look like? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness to God and to each other, gentleness, self-control. You see, all of that is the fruit that Jesus wants to produce in and through our lives. How did Jesus say it? I am the vine, you are the branches. Friends, this Lenten season, let's produce good fruit for Jesus by staying connected to Him who is the true vine. Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your vine. Amen.